Let's go ahead and let's let's talk about uh, Tennessee. Let, let's get into. We'll start with the the Lady Vols uh, basketball. Is this past week, uh, Tennessee played against Florida on Thursday night and got a big eighty-eight to eighty-one win uh, in this game. Um, I don't believe that they got they might have gotten down at some point um against Florida. I did not get a chance to watch this game. I do know that uh the game was tied at halftime at 42 and Tennessee of course comes out with the 88 to 81 win in this one making them 3 and 0 in the conference, uh one of four teams in the conference that is uh 4 and 0. Um Skylar, what are your, some of your thoughts on this game here? Yeah, so in the third quarter, um they Florida actually had a lead several different times. Uh, in the first quarter, they were up at 19, I think 19-15 at one point. Um, but they had the lead as late as, I think, the third quarter. They were up, but it was like by one point. And then, you know, Tennessee kind of gradually just kept pulling away. Uh, and Florida made a late push right there at the end of the fourth, but that's when you're swapping fouls and whatnot. And what. Regardless, the Lady Balls had a great game. Um, they had a... Heartfought comeback win against Kentucky last week where we talked about it literally right as we were coming on the show. Um, and it was great for them to come back, bounce back. Not that they needed to bounce back, but they did. Um, uh, against Florida, who at the time was 9-5 and and 0-2 and in the conference. Not, not a big foe, but it's always Florida. It's always a good day when you beat Florida. And the Lady Vols got it done. They actually start the season now 10-5, and but the 3-0 and in the conference, man. Um, Kelly, Harper's, Kelly Harper's starting strong in SEC play. Yeah, and Kelly Harper has done really well in the SEC. She hadn't done so well outside of the conference, but she's also scheduled some really tough teams uh, in her tenure as the Lady Vols head coach uh, outside of conference, which has prepared them for conference play. Um, and you're sitting at 3-0 and along with teams like South Carolina and LSU, and Vanderbilt somehow is in there. But we looked at their schedule earlier, and they have not played a lot of good competition earlier. The one ranked team that they played was their one loss on the year. Um, but looking at this game right here, the two stats that stand out to me, one um, is the rebound numbers. Tennessee out-rebounded Florida 50-34, to so that is huge for uh, Tennessee. Also, they shot 86.7% from the free throw line, 26 of 30, and Florida shot 62.5%, 15 of 24. So right there, if Florida makes their free throws, it they probably win the game. But um, a concerning stat for me for the, the Lady Vols is the 17 turnovers. Um, that could come back to bite yeah. them later on down the year as Florida only turned it over 10 times in the game. Um, but also looking at the box score there, Tennessee had three players that had 15-plus points. You had Sarah Puckett with uh, 20 points on the night, Jewel Spear also with 20 points, and then Rakia Jackson, uh, the do-it-all player, had 18 points. So impressive output from those three players for Tennessee in the game. And I know it's not flashy, but uh, Key, I'm 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 blanking on her name. Tamari, Tamari Key. Tamari Key. Thank you, thank you. I I literally found it as soon as I thought about that. She had nine points off the bench, and um, what she's been able to do last couple of games is pretty impressive. Um, and and I don't want that to go unnoticed that she put in 16 minutes off the bench, got nine points, 
she she's a baller usually on the uh, on the boards um she only got three against florida but um she's a blocking machine she she got two more blocks against florida um it's that's actually the only two blocks in the game were from her and uh you know when it, people try to go in the paint against tamar key it's gonna get rejected <laughs> i mean it's uh, and another note on Tamari Key, it, and if I'm wrong on this, correct me, but I believe she is the player that last year had to t- take time away from the team because she had blood clot issues in her lungs, and she is still working back from that. Um, so the fact that she's able to get out there and put in the time that she does on the floor, I mean, she she played 16 minutes in the game Thursday night and had nine points and three rebounds with those two blocks. So, I mean, she. She's making a lot of production with the minutes that she is playing. No, I don't doubt it one bit. I was trying to look, but I, I can't find that. So, I mean, if, if that's true, that's crazy. That's a lot like Trey Smith, the football team, and actually ended up hurting his draft stock a little bit. But, you know, had a similar problem with blood cots, and, but ended up being one of the best linemen that we've had at the University of Tennessee. And he's making a difference in Kansas City right now. So, um, I, I wish nothing but the best for Tamarki, but. I want her to keep playing her butt off, dude. I mean, she's doing a great job for the Lady Vols. Uh, but really, I think more than anything, just having the whole team healthy again, man. Um, yeah, I, like I, said, I didn't realize how hurt, you know, Kelly Harper's kind of roster managing the, the beginning of the season. But but uh, getting Rakia Jackson back and, and having the whole team healthy, you're starting to see Sarah Puckett hit the three a little bit more consistently now. She was four of six against Florida, um, just draining them, draining them from threes. and. Um, Starting to see, I mean, high scoring, 88 points against Florida. Um, now, defense is going to have to tighten up a little bit, but um, they'll get there. And right now, we're going to enjoy the, the three-game uh, winning streak to open up SEC play, and uh, hopefully we can keep this train rolling today. They play at, I think, 4 or 5 o'clock Eastern, which is coming up here in just a, a few moments, really. Yeah, play, play at Texas A&M here later on today, and then Thursday night, uh, traveling to the hump to play against Mississippi State. So two quality opponents uh, that Tennessee plays again this week. So um, looking forward to that. I, I do believe that after this week, Tennessee should be 5-0 and in the conference. But you, know, you, can never, you can never take advantage of a road game uh, in the SEC. Um, you can never overlook those. And playing in College Station and in Startful, uh, it's it's not easy to do, and kind of transitioning that um, the Tennessee men saw just how hard it is to go on the road and play as they went to the hump on a Wednesday night to play against Mississippi State and dropped the game against Mississippi State. Um, yeah, it, it was unfortunate. You you can't you can't have as bad of a first half as you had against Mississippi State and expect to win a to win a game. Um, just to put it in perspective, we only scored 22 points in the first half. Uh, I'm talking 20 minutes, and you're you're barely averaging two points a minute. Yeah, <sighs> that's not good. Um, now they came back, shot 50 in the second half, but at that point, man, the deficit is just too big, and uh, they were down 35 to 22 at the first half. Um, like I said, they scored 50 in the second half, but overall lost 77 to 72. Um, I mean, you just can't. What's up with these cold spills that we have on offense where we just can't – I mean, it seems like we got a lid on the basket legitimately. I mean, we go we go four or five minutes at a time without scoring a single bucket. 
I mean, we're too well, you we're know, aggressive of a team to to not just you know push to the board and get a foul or something. I mean, I don't know. You know, it's been a a constant thing with Tennessee though. Is uh, Rick Barnes' teams they they go cold from the field, and um, you know that that's one of the the big drawbacks that people have with Rick Barnes is you know you don't have that go to scorer now. You do have that guy this year, but he was still trying to work through some things in that Mississippi State game as something finally clicked. And we're talking about Dalton Connect, of course. He has struggled as of late. And then some at some point in the second half of that Mississippi State game, something clicked and he caught fire. And that's when Tennessee made their run. But um it was like you mentioned, it was just too little too late. Is you got down 35 to 22 at halftime. Um, and just couldn't work your way out of the hole. But the, the thing about this game was you did not have an answer down low for uh, for Tolu Smith. He absolutely dominated Tennessee down low. And then you had the freshman guard, um, Hubbard, uh, what's his name? Josh Hubbard, just absolutely went off from, from downtown. Um, he was... He was five of ten, five ten from three, and it, it seemed like every time he touched it, he hoisted it up, and it was just it was going in. And Tolu Smith, he was seven of ten from the field, nine of twelve from the free throw line. I mean, those two guys alone beat Tennessee. Hubbard had twenty five, and Smith had twenty three. The next closest guy was Matthews uh, with eight points. So you stop those two guys, and Tennessee wins that game, but. Smith just absolutely bullied Jonas Adu and Tobey Awaka down low. I mean, there was nothing that they could do, which well, brings me into it. Brings me into a question I have for you. And sorry that I keep cutting you off, but um, what is what is Tennessee's answer down low? Because there are times that the post just absolutely disappears for Tennessee. Well, I mean, Jonas Adu here. I mean, he he gets fouled for everything he does when he tries to block. I mean, he, he fouled out in the game. Uh, and uh, at the end of the day, that's when Mississippi State knew that they won the game because now they we just lost our biggest guy in the, you know, in the center. And uh, we can't – I'm not blaming the rest for any reason, but, like, we can't let something like that stop us from, from running who – you know, we can't be that dependent on a player. I know I said it. You asked me like, who's the key guy, and I, I said it. Jonas Adu's our our key player. Like we got him, and if he's clicking, we're we're rolling. There's going to be games where he's not clicking, or something like this happens. He gets fouled out, man. We got to find a way, even if it's changing our philosophy on offense or defense, whatever we got to do. But uh, we're going to have to throw some help down in the middle to help Awaka because Awaka is not as big as Adu is. Um, but I, I don't know, man. It, it was crazy because I. Mississippi State, I think, is a decent ball club, but the fact oh, that both, but but the fact that both teams just kind of had like two guys pop off, like you, you named off the two for Mississippi State, and then we had Dalton Connect Ziegler go for twenty eight twenty six respectfully, and like literally we Adu went for nine before he got fouled out. No other yep. player had more than four points on our team, and uh, I I don't know, but we cannot be that dependent on one basketball player. And we are. And we're not just dependent on one. We're dependent on Adu just as much as we're dependent, really, on Dalton Connect and Ziegler. Man, we lose any one of those three guys, and we are not nowhere near the team that we're capable of. You know what I mean? Like, 
it, yeah. it's crazy. It's kind of a scary thought because, I mean, last year Ziegler got hurt, and I'm not going to wood. I'm hoping nothing happens this year. I hope everybody stays healthy. But, you know, we're, we're a completely different team if even one of our top three, four guys go down. Yeah, but uh, the overall stats in this game were pretty even overall just as the game ended up. But um, before I get into some some other uh, things I have about Tennessee, I, I want to go ahead and let, let's look at yesterday's game because yesterday was a game that Tennessee got lucky to pull out, in my opinion. Um, played against a, a really tough Georgia team, and you did come out with a, a win, but it wasn't pretty for a lot of the game. Um, at one point, Tennessee was down by 11 in this game in the second half and came back and ended up winning the game. Um, you finally Don't, caught fire. Uh, go go ahead. Say, I was going to say, Don Connect just, just had his coming out party. I mean, this was a game where it was ugly. It was very, which is crazy because we were we started out and got a massive lead in the first half. I mean, I think we were up by fourteen at one point in the first half. Uh, Georgia came yeah. back, crawling back. They ended up taking the lead. They had a huge momentum shift there in the middle of the game, um, but it was it was Dalton Connect that said, "You know what? I ain't having it." Thirty six points later, he went five of eight from three point from downtown. He went twelve of twenty at field goals. Um, that that was green light Dalton Connect. That was green light Dalton Connect that we haven't really seen other than I guess maybe like North Carolina. Um you've seen mm-hmm. it a little bit against Mississippi State after we were down. Um but that was full on green light don't connect and I hope I hope that's not something that Rick Burns has to like you know get him into. Like I'd like for him to come out every game green light don't connect. If shots ain't hitting, keep shooting. You know what I mean? Like you gotta believe in your yourself and um you know when Don't Connect's working that way he if he can force the defense to zero on him, that's when – I mean, you've seen the feeds he was given last day if you watched the game. Um, against Georgia, he was giving off some feeds to Adu that were just <laughs> pristine, dude. Like, there was mm-hmm. one feed of Adu, like, he caught it. There was nobody around him. Adu just jumped up and slammed it. And there was literally nobody around him. And we're talking about a guy that's literally sitting under the basket. But that's the type of effect that guys like Ziegler and, and, and Don't Connect have, that when they're hitting shots from deep and forcing the defense to play out the perimeter – um, it really opens up the whole dynamic of the offense, and uh, it, w- it was a joy to watch. I actually got to catch the second half of that game because I'm like, why the hell are we losing to Georgia? <laughs> like, they beat us enough in, in the fall. We need to be getting our, our uh, paybacks here in the in the winter and spring months. But, uh, no, big game by Don't Connect and uh, a big win for Tennessee to get back in the winning column. But some, some concerning things for me – uh, for this team, and it's it's some things that have been. Is it a player? A is it a player, or is it a concern like a like a like a philosophy? Uh, I, have a a little bit of, a, I have a concern on a player or two. I have a concern on two players, and we'll yeah. we'll touch on that first because it's the same. I know that your players is the same two players as me. It's Santiago Vescovi and Josiah Jordan James. How did you know it? That's crazy. It's almost like it's obvious that it's a problem, and I don't know what we need to do to fix it. What's going on? Is it a slump? What is it? I, I think part of it is a slump, but, you know, Vescovy has not been right all season long. I mean, yesterday, no. Santiago Vescovy had six total points in the game, and against Mississippi State, um, he only had two points. So I, I don't know what exactly is going on. I know that 
he he said earlier this year to Rick Barnes that he he just feels completely worn out. I know right at the beginning of the season, you know, he missed that um, exhibition game against Michigan State because he'd gone back home. Um, he had a, a death in the family, I believe, and he had to travel quite a bit uh, to start the year. And I just don't think he has quite come back from that. But I, I'm not sure what you do to to fix that. It we thought um, that he was going to get right after um, after the Ole Miss game. He started uh, coming out a little bit. He had 11 in that game. He also had 12 against Tarleton State back before Christmas. But he he hasn't quite come back from things. Um, and then Josiah Jordan James just looks looks like he's in a slump, and he's trying to force some things, and it's just not working out for him. Like he had four points yesterday, and I believe he had he only had three against Mississippi State, and he is not hitting from deep like he was at the beginning of the year. And I don't need either one of these guys to go off for. 15 yeah, we're not asking points. them to get 20 points a game. We just need them to at least play. You know what I mean? Like, it, and I, and I don't want to throw. I don't want to throw away everything they're doing. Their defense is still top notch. It is. I mean, they've had some mistakes here and there on defense. I mean, we're giving up a little bit more points than I'd like. I mean, 79 points, and I think we gave up uh, close to that or 80 points against Mississippi State. I can't remember. Um, so I mean, we're we're not giving up. I mean, we're giving up a lot of points that I'd like to choke back on. But like, that's the reason why I think they're still seeing a lot of minutes because. If they weren't playing so good on defense, man, I would honestly have to encourage or maybe suggest sitting these guys out a couple of games, especially what's going on with Santiago. If he's really that drained or that tired, man, sit him out. Sit him out a week or two. Like, let him refresh. You know, sometimes that's the best thing for a player is to sit, watch a couple of games, reset, and then come back better than 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 ever. Um, but these guys are still playing really good lights out defense. You've seen it come alive against really the last, like, two or three minutes against Georgia, man, our defense was just straight locked down. They weren't giving up yeah. anything. Um, and that is a testament to those players. Like I, like I, like I said, it's just the offense. It's kind of like the same old, same old with Rick Barnes. Um, now, luckily, mm-hmm. we had some guys that came through, but with, with Santiago Vescovi and Triple J, um, definitely a slump that I think they'll work through. I think they'll get out of it. I'm hoping they get out of it. We need them to get out of it because right now we're not a top-five team with them playing the way they are. No, and, and like I said, you know, I don't need them going off for even 15 points a night, but I need both of them to give me 10, 12 points a night. I need Josiah to give me, you know, seven, eight rebounds, five, six assists, because that's, that's the guy that Josiah is. He's the all-around player. I need Vescovy to go out and give me 12 points a night. He's big at getting rebounds, because he's one of those guards that he's going to fight for every rebound. Give me six rebounds. Give me about five assists, you know, give me those type of numbers. And, you know, it, it makes me feel good because then it takes the pressure off of Dalton Connect. It takes the pressure off of Zakai Ziegler. Um, I mean, you're going to get what you get from Adu. You're going to get what you get from Awaka. And J- Jemai Meshack is going to come in, and he's your defensive guy, and whatever he gives you on offense is a bonus. Now, a third guy that I could say I need a little bit more from is Jordan Ganey. Jordan Ganey needs to step up, and he doesn't get the minutes that the others do, but give me a solid six to eight points when you come in along with what you're doing on the defensive end. Just give me another option of a guy to take the pressure off of uh, some of these other guys that are in there scoring all these points that are getting all the focus. But um, going to the team in in itself, 
the turnover numbers is very concerning for me. Tennessee, um, I forget what they have averaged on the year. Let me let me see if I, I mean, can pull it up real they quick. They had 14 alone just against Georgia. And they had 16 or 17 against Mississippi State. Um, yeah. Tennessee averages 11 turnovers on the year, and that's including the last two games. Before then, it was like eight or nine turnovers a game that they were averaging, which is a good number. You can't be averaging up there close to 20. That is going to hurt you going down the road here. Um, no, I mean, the only good have, thing is – go ahead. You, you have 15 turnovers, right? And that that's 15 offensive possessions that you didn't really even get a chance to score a bucket, right? Yeah, 15 scoring chances. We're not even going to multiply that by two because we all know you don't score in every offensive possession. But you really take away, realistically, 10 to 15 points off a game when you turn the ball over 15 times. I think that's a fair number. You know, yep. 10 points, that's scoring on a third of your possessions that you would have had. You know, like, like it's just one of those things where we're going to have to really clean that up. And that alone, I know you're not going to have a game with zero turnovers, and I get that. But you really are leaving points on the table on offense. And, and let's be honest, if you're giving the ball away 15, 20 times, you're probably giving them points on defense just because you're giving them more opportunities. And uh, that, that is something that it's, it's very admin. Turnovers in any sport, no bueno. Um, yeah. you, you can't turn the ball over more than 15 times in a basketball game and expect to win. Somehow they did it against Georgia. Like I said, our defense there in the last three minutes was just insane. If y'all watched the game, I highly encourage you to go back and watch if you didn't. Um, that, that was pretty crazy. But uh, we're going to have to clean that up. That That's something that – and you, you see, a lot of times it's a Kai Ziegler that turns it up too, like turns it over. I don't know if he tries to dribble, do that extra pass that we don't need. I know a lot of times there in Georgia, it was they, they were trying to do that extra pass that necessarily wasn't needed, and they'd either jump the you know the, the pass or – they would, uh, you know, just straight steal from the dribble if they're trying to – because they did a lot of double teams. Georgia was doing a great thing defensively. They were kind of like doing two different defenses depending on where they were on the on the court. Um, you know, midcourt, they were playing like a man. And then by the time they got to the three-point line and dribble in, they were shifting to like a 3-2 zone, which I'm not a basketball guru, but I thought that was kind of smart because then when you're dribbling down the court and you're making your plays, you're making the plays based off what they're showing you going down the court. And then they change mid, you know, mid play. Um, but we adjusted, we did, we did really good against Georgia getting that big win. We were down late, but ended up winning by, by six. Um, but that was just the beginning of a uh, beginning of SEC play, brother. <laughs> and it's pulling yeah, out it, our hair already. <laughs> it's, it's yeah, it, it's only gonna it's only gonna get worse for you. It's here, but... going to be a long season. <laughs> it's it's gonna yeah. be fun though, right? Oh yeah, it, it's definitely gonna be fun. Um, one other thing I have concerned about, we've actually kind of touched on it some, but you can't just rely on one player. Um, there's gonna be nights whenever Connect is not hitting, and if he wasn't hitting yesterday, oh ew. There's no telling how bad Georgia would have beat Tennessee yesterday oh, because other guys were just not there at all. Uh, so uh, it's kind of a catch-21 situation because Tennessee fans have been looking for a go-to guy in the Rick Barnes era, and you've got that in Connect. But at the same time, if you don't have guys that can help him out, what good is having him, you know? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I agree with you because, I mean, Ziegler's the same way, man. Look at our look at our offense or defense even without Zakai Ziegler. And uh, you kind of brought this up earlier. Is Zakai Ziegler the best point guard Tennessee's had under Rick Barnes? It's it's very close. I, I think because of what he means for the program, and you're the one that brought this up, because of what he means for the program, yes, he is the best one that Rick Barnes has ever had. But I'm going to say overall best point guard, no. Um, I, I forget the guy's name, uh, but the point guard that Rick Barnes had at Texas for that Final Four team, he was a very good player. Um, I think that is probably the best – um, point guard that Rick Barnes. Well, what had. about at, what about at Tennessee though? I mean, I don't, I don't respectfully, I don't give a rat's tail in what he did at Texas. At Tennessee, is the Kai Ziegler the best point guard that Rick Barnes has ever had? Um, I think he is. I'm still, I'm, I'm still going to say because of what he means for the team, yes. But I, I don't know. I, I think because of the, um, I think the he's potential. limited. I think he's limited in potential. I do. But yes. as far as to Tennessee, what he means at Tennessee, I think he's the best. I, I again, I, I wish Zakai all the best in the the NBA if he makes it. Great, awesome. But I don't watch the NBA. I watch Tennessee, and so yeah. I, you know. That that that's just my take. I know some people are diehard NBA fans, and that's why they watch college level, whatever. But uh, I think Zakai may be one of the best. But I think we're 100 percent honest and real by saying Zakai is going to be limited at the next level. I think that's inevitable. I think he's limited now, but he's so daggum good that he makes up for it. You know. Um, yeah, and that that's why I, I'm going to say that no, he's not the best point guard that Rip Barnes has had because I think that when it comes to overall potential, Jordan Bone is. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. But, dude, but we got But I will say, because of what Zakai Ziegler means for the team, what he does for them, Zakai Ziegler is probably the best. Fair enough. Fair enough. Now, the men's basketball team has a monster week coming up. Um, weather do. permitting, weather permitting, because we're going to get some nasty stuff this week with the freeze, and, and I think we're getting, like, inches of snow coming in tomorrow but uh you know as of right now it's scheduled on the 16th um is that this tuesday yeah that's just tuesday Tuesday night they are going to be playing the florida gators seven o'clock eastern on espn monster game um always a good day to beat the gators so let's hopefully get that done and then following that up is saturday and this is to be dated it's probably gonna they're probably gonna wait to announce it depending on what the rankings come out as or whatnot but uh we're playing alabama and Alabama, Tennessee, and basketball, at least in recent history, the last three, four, five years, has been a very treat of a game to watch. Um, yeah. So mo- Monster Week coming up. Um, now, I think you alluded to this earlier. You're hoping we go 2-0. and I said the same thing last week um, that I hoped that we went 2-0. But, man, I don't know. We might actually slip up to, to Big Bad Bama this week. But I'm hoping at least beat Florida. Um, but if we can correct some stuff, there's absolutely no reason why we can't win both games. Now, one good thing about both of these games this week is both of them are supposed to be, or both of them are at home in Knoxville. That so is. that is good for Tennessee. 
But uh, I also want to mention something that you said before we went live. It's crazy to think that 11 of the 14 teams in the Southeastern Conference have double-digit wins. I'm glad you brought that and, up. Yeah. And Florida and Alabama are both two of those teams. And not to mention this, Alabama is one of only two teams in the SEC that are sitting at 3-0 and right now. Both of the Alabama schools are sitting at 3-0, and Auburn and Alabama right now in the conference. You want me to one-up what, one what I said on that is, uh, you know, there's 11 teams with double-digit wins. There's only one team in the Southeastern Conference right now with a losing record. And that's that is Vanderbilt. your Vanderbilt Commodores, which is crazy because I thought they had a decent basketball squad. Um, um, Jerry's getting fired. It's gonna happen. Yeah. So Missouri <laughs> is the only other team that's not got a winning record. They're they're five hundred. They're at five hundred with eight and eight record, and that's starting SEC's. You know, zero and three. So I mean, it's it's just crazy how good the SEC is right now. I mean, you're seeing a bunch of these talking heads saying that we're gonna get like eight to nine teams in the in the in the tournament. I think that's a little unrealistic, but. For sure, probably six or seven teams in the tournament right now, based off the way these uh, these teams are started. It's it's crazy how competitive the basketball league is right now. And, and see that that's just this that's one of the places where me and you kind of have um, differing opinions. I do think that it's a possibility that nine teams get into the tournament. Okay, the fair enough. Fair enough. Um, and, and I'll, I'll go ahead and and name the teams that I believe will make the tournament. Now, th- this will probably change going um going later into the year but um Auburn, Alabama, uh Ole Miss, Kentucky, Tennessee and Texas A&M I believe are going to be locks. Now Texas A&M had a rough start to the conference but a big win yesterday against um Kentucky. So those are six teams that I believe are locks and I believe that you're going to have South Carolina and Georgia and Mississippi State also make the tournament. Now, you could have a team like Arkansas that could figure some things out, but right now they are struggling. So I think right now they're out of the tournament. But those three teams right there, South Carolina and Georgia and Mississippi State, I believe going deeper into this year, they're going to have some runs and they're going to make the tournament as well. So that right there is nine teams. I, I do believe six are locks for the tournament. Yeah. Sick. Yeah, absolutely. I I think I can agree with that. Uh, Mississippi State's going to be a, a intriguing team to watch to see what they fold into because th- they played Tennessee very well. They played Tennessee they very did. well. We did have a bad first half. Um, I think if that game gets played again, we win, and we win by probably 10 points. But you just can't go that cold in a first half of a basketball game and expect to win. And I'm going to allude that credit to Mississippi State and the way they play defense. So um, if they can if they can stay that feisty, Man, I, I'm very intrigued to what Mississippi State can do um, as the season goes moves on. But it's it's also crazy to think that we're into we're finishing week two, going into week three of, of SEC play, and you know not to not to get crazy ahead of ourselves here, but really only about two months left of basketball season. It, you know, it's it's moving really fast, man. But uh, um, really looking forward to it, and uh, you know, hoping the boys can get get a couple dubs this week and, and hopefully make up for, cause I think we'll drop in the polls. Don't you think? Uh, slightly. Uh, one, one thing that, that helps Tennessee is Kentucky lost yesterday. So that makes five out of the six 
top teams lost a game this past week. The only team that did not lose was UConn. You had Purdue dropped a game. Kansas dropped a game. Of course, Tennessee dropped a game. Kentucky dropped one yesterday. And then the uh, Houston was the other one. Also dropped a game. And I believe Houston might have lost twice this past week, but I could be wrong on that. Um, so five out of the top six teams lost a game this past week. So you could see a little bit of shuffling, but I don't think you're going to see a whole lot of droppage from a lot of those teams. But I, I do see Tennessee sitting around maybe seven uh, in the in the polls this coming week. So stay in the top ten. Staying in the top ten. Yeah, I don't believe that they'll drop out of the top ten, especially after the win yesterday against Georgia. I, mean, I agree with that. Well, dude, do you have anything uh, to close out the show, man? Well, I do have one more uh, stat here. So 36 points has been scored, uh, or at least 36 points has been scored twice this season um, in the SEC. Both times has been by Dalton Connect. He is him. Yep, absolutely. And the fact that he has done that on the road both times, he did. He scored 37 on the road at North Carolina and then 36 on the road yesterday at Georgia, not to mention 28 on the road at Mississippi State. That is impressive. You see guys do it some at home, but you don't see it a lot on the road like that. Um, he, he's he's an awesome player, and he he's one that I'm glad Tennessee got, but I, I'm not – I don't think I'm wrong in saying it's also been a surprise as to what he has been able to do. 100%. 100%. When, when this guy came to Tennessee, no, I mean, everybody thought it was a big pickup, don't get me wrong, but nobody really expected him to be a, a plug-in, be the best guy on the team type of guy. I mean, um, uh, but I will say this. As good as he is and as good as he's playing, and I hope he keeps it up, I'm, I'm ready for the rest of the team to really step up and help him. Um, yeah, Zakai Ziegler's I, tried his best the last couple of games, and and that's great. But man, we're gonna have to have Jonas Adu be a little bit better of a defender, not get fouled out, be a little bit smarter with the plays, and um, be that guy. We're gonna need Vescovy. We're gonna need Triple J to be the leaders that I know they are, and mm-hmm. and, and step up, you know, production wise. Doesn't matter how great of a leader you are if you if you're not being productive when it comes, you know, game time. So yeah. And, and, you know, we, we've had some negative things to say today, quite a bit of them, actually, and we've tried to work through it. But one positive that I want to end on today, that means that Tennessee has not hit their stride yet. And, and you not. want your team to hit their stride in, in March. March whenever the tournament happens. So that's what I'm looking forward to is March. I believe that Tennessee is working through some things right now, and as long as they can get it together and hit their stride at the right time, we could see Tennessee's first Final Four in school history for the men's. Be careful, though. That's a very yes, positive. Well, what I'm saying is I just looked ahead at our schedule, and uh, it's going to be hard to hit our stride in March, and you don't know why. Because we end our season, the last five games of the regular season before the SEC tournament, A&M, Auburn, you do get Al- both of those at home. At Alabama, at South Carolina, and then Kentucky. That's a five-game <laughs> stretch of hell, dude. That's a that's an insane schedule right there. But, hey, that's at the end of the season. We can do what we can do now to, to rack up some dubs and set ourselves up for, for a good March. And um, 
ready to ready to see us put together a good run for March, man. Uh, you know, sweet 16s are, are nice and, and all, but at the end of the day, man, it's about time to to do a little bit more. You know what I mean? I love Rick yep. Barnes. I love Rick Barnes to death. I love what he's done with our program, and I love the fact that we're always in the top conversation during the season. But kind of like that whole you can be a leader, but at the some point you got to produce, man. You can win all the games in the world in the regular season, but if we don't, if we don't make a Final Four, or a, you know, a national championship run, then you know what's it worth? So exactly, yeah. I'm I'm excited though. I think I think uh, I think he's going to lead the boys and get it done. But I, like you said, I'm ready for the team to play together all as one. And if I have to wait another month to do that, so be it. But they better freaking do it. Yeah, as long as you can get through the next little bit, uh, we'll say the next month. If you can get through that month, and you know, just looking at the schedule, you've got a lot of winnable games. I mean, you do 100%. have you do have Florida and Alabama this week. Those are going to be tough. Um, yeah, Vanderbilt. Um, you got a, <laughs> you got a tough South Carolina team coming up too, and then not to mention you got Kentucky in there within the next month. LSU. Um, and at Texas A&M, that's, that's within the next month right there. Those are some winnable games, but if you don't play to your standard, then you can also drop some games too. If you can make it through the next month and only lose, I'll say, two games, then I think that if you're able to hit your stride towards the end, you're going to be sitting in a good position. Heck yeah. I agree with that. I do want to ask you one question, kind of non-topic. I was just looking at the schedule. What determines what teams we're going to play twice in a season, what teams we don't? What determines that? Is it on a rotation? What is What is it? I, I do believe that there are certain teams that you play uh, year in and year out twice. So, like, I know Kentucky like, is one of those teams that Tennessee right. plays twice each year because that's a rival. Same Probably thing Alabama. Okay. Yeah, Alabama. And I think South Carolina is that South Carolina other is. team. But, like, this year we uh, also t- play A&M twice this year. Yeah, so I think that there are some teams that you play on a rotationary basis twice. I think Florida used to be one of those teams that they played twice, but now you only play them once. Um, so I think I think you do have some of those teams that are set that you play twice, but then the others are on a rotationary basis. Fair enough. Thank you for answering that question. And if anybody was listening and watching, if you didn't know, now you do. So. Yeah, but, but but also don't take my word for it. I I just believe <laughs> that's what it is. If I, I can look up after the show to see for sure, but I, I'm not 100 percent certain. But I do know that teams like Kentucky and Vanderbilt for sure, and I, I believe Alabama is also one of those. They do play those year in and year out because those are your main rivals in the sport. Heck yeah. Well, dude, we're wishing the Lady Vols and the and the men's basketball team all the luck in the world. Um, baseball's media days are coming up shortly and uh almost a month away from kickoff of a baseball season it's some exciting times man um big things happening kind of in the portal behind the scenes um i do want to make note real quick before we jump off air just because I, I can't not talk about tennessee football um i think tennessee's in some really good position with two five-star recruits one is yeah. lance her the offensive tackle um, from LSU, who was a freshman, so he's going to have some eligibility left. Um, we we tend to be in the top of the conversation with him. And then, obviously, the 2025 five-star in-state quarterback, George McIntyre, he was, I'm pretty sure, down to Alabama, Tennessee. 
I'm thinking and I'm hoping that because of the news of Nick Saban, he is leaning hard Tennessee at this point. So stay tuned. Um, we'll try to keep you guys updated as we know. But if we could land two five stars in the next week or so, because I think they're near indecision, um, that's going to be pretty freaking big for Tennessee football. Yep. Absolutely. So anything else that you got going forward for us? No, man. Stay safe this week. It's going to get cold as crap tonight. Yep. It's going to get cold. We got some snow and there'll be some ice because of the low temperatures. Everybody be safe. If you do have to go to work like I will this week, <laughs> be careful out there. It's literally my job to go out there when it freezes. So, yeah, man, everybody stay safe and um, stay warm. Have a backup plan. If you lose power, make sure you have some secondary source of heat. Um, I made sure the generator was full yesterday, so we, we made sure that we had something set in place. I encourage everybody listening to make sure you have a plan. Um, I, I dropped a video on Facebook on my personal page about having that plan. So um, you can blow it off all you want to, but, man, it happens. We see it all the time. Last year was crazy when we had a freeze. and, and Not just a freeze, but a freeze for an extended amount of time, you know? So just mm-hmm. hopefully everybody stays safe. Have fun in the snow. I hope. I mean, I'm I'm thinking you guys are going to get a lot of snow, right? Hopefully. Uh, I, I've seen anywhere from two inches to, I heard this morning, nine inches. So get, go, we don't dude. know what we're going to get here. Get, so Get the side-by-sides out. Let's have some fun, man. Um, no, nah, I'm I'm really hoping that everybody stays safe, but also has a has a good time. Kids will get out of school. Uh, you know, it'll be, it'll be fun, hopefully. Um, yeah. But no, man, that's about it. Anything for you before we close this thing out? Nope, you mentioned it right there. Stay safe. Have a good week this week. Watch some Tennessee basketball and um, stay stay tuned for um, some other news from us as well as you know transfer portal news in football, all that stuff. Um, Skyler, have a good week this week, man. Stay safe, and we will see you all next Sunday. Go Big Orange. <laughs>